This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 105.7 The Fan. I mean, when it comes to that side of this business, like, of course, you always would love to, you know, when you're in a place this good, you'd love to finish out your career here. I have no intention of stopping anytime soon. You know, not coming to OTAs for the first time, I... Kind of made it real clear. I still need this game. I love this game, and I want to play this game. And I have no intentions of stopping anytime soon. And but honestly, that side doesn't really matter. You know, when I'm here with my teammates, I owe it to them to work hard every day, and you know, do whatever we can to try to get this team a Super Bowl. That's Ravens guard Kevin Zeitler. Yesterday, final day of mandatory minicamp. Now we have the month and a half lull in the NFL calendar until. Everything gets going. End of July for training camp. We're broadcasting live from the BC Brewery in Hunt Valley. Great beer, great food, great cocktails available on tap, Jason. And this is one of the cool breweries where you get the self-taps if you want to use yeah, those as well. Yeah, a lot well. going on. I housed a, a pulled chicken sandwich. It was excellent. I have a cheesesteak coming on the way. And for the... Cocktails, they're available in six packs and cases. Blue Hawaiian, Orange Crush, Margarita, all available in the tap room and to go. We're here till 6. They're open uh, till later on in the night. So if you want to start your weekend out on the right foot, come to BC Brewery. Kevin Zeitler, he's been around this game for a minute. 33 years old. He's been on multiple teams, Bengals, Browns, Giants. Giants released him. Eric DaCosta ended up bringing him to Baltimore. Very shrewd signing, very good signing. And Zeitler's entering the final year of his deal. Oh, yeah. Well, you could you could hear it in his voice right there, Bone. He was politicking for another contract. We know that Eric DaCosta loves to be proactive in signing those contract extensions, and he said as much. But should he explore it? With Kevin Zeitler. I don't know if you explore it on a guy who's on his fourth contract already. You know, I, I think that's more about trying to identify your own. And I think that would be more about a Broderick Washington or, you know, Justin Matabike right now. Like, I, I understand where Kevin Zeitler's coming from. He's played a lot of really good football here. Um, he liked being back on the East Coast. He liked being back in this division. Or staying on the East Coast, I guess I should say. Uh, but it's a right guard. Um, they draft a lot of offensive linemen around here. They've gone with rotating offensive linemen at key positions in seasons in which they played playoff games. Kevin Zeitler's making pretty good money, and there is always the risk with injury and, 
and guys falling off when they've got that much tread, even though he's been incredibly durable. But you got a $52 million quarterback now. You, you've got, even though it might only be for one year, you know, you got a, a $18 million in all likelihood wide receiver. Um, you're hoping that there's other guys on this team that you're going to want to keep around. You're hoping that a Bateman, right, and a Flowers become the real deal and they get second contracts here. You got a $20 million inside linebacker. I, I just, it, it, I wouldn't be inclined to do it. I, I just wouldn't. And with the way Kevin Zeitler's talking, he doesn't look at this as a, as a sell-low proposition. He's saying, I've, I've come here, I've played as many snaps as anybody. Um, I play at a really high level. I'm a great team guy. But I, I just, I couldn't go there if I'm the Ravens. It, it wouldn't do a whole lot for me worrying about. I'm not going to sleep a whole lot better knowing that I locked up my 33-year-old right guard for three more years. Obviously, you know that that 33-year-old is in the fold this year. You have four returning starters on the offensive line, and Kevin Zeitler says that's no small thing. Um, it matters. Um, you know, playing on so many different teams over the years and having a lot of places that didn't have continuity, like it, it really does make a difference. The fact that you know, you know, I just came back the last uh, couple days, and you know, it's just like you know, last year just ended. Like we we're talking, same communication. We knew what we, each other meant. I think it's going to be a great thing coming into training camp. And it's a great point. You, you don't have to worry about building up this chemistry because you have it. And look, Zeitler, Moses, Ronnie Stanley, they're all veteran guys. And then Tyler Linderbaum heading into his second year coming off a very, very strong rookie season. This offensive line setting up to be another really good group. Yeah, well, look, the next guy who gets paid on the offensive line is Linderbaum, right? And I, and I don't think you have to go crazy doing it's it. like center. Right. Right after the uh, third year. Yeah. I, I don't know. You have to do it right then and there. But, like, that's – you're reaching a point where now you don't think centers are interchangeable. For, for a long time they did. I don't think this is a Jason Brown situation where they develop a guy who looks like one of the best of breed and they let him go get a record contract from the then St. Louis Rams. Like, I think they're doing this because they think Tyler Linderbaum is going to be a guy who plays here 10 years or more and is under consideration for an all-decade team. So he's getting paid, and centers make some real money now too. So And Creed Humphrey will get to the market before him, and that will set the standard. And if Linderbaum's who we think he's going to be, who they think he's going to be, then he'll try to top that. So, no, you don't play you don't pay Kevin Zeitler right now. It's amazing how much things can change in the NFL in just a blink of an eye because for the majority of this offseason we're talking about Lamar Jackson leaving he tweeted that he requested a trade from the Ravens and we're thinking that this team could possibly be destined for a mediocre season then he ultimately re-signs and now this team is very much in the mix as a true contender in the AFC and Marlon Humphrey they have goals of Super Bowl yeah, I think we, we, we haven't had those um, conversations, but and that was actually one of the messages Coach Harbs and uh, EDC had with us when we started minicamp. This offseason, they felt more than ever, and I felt as well look, outside looking in, they felt more than ever we put a roster together that should be able to compete for a Super Bowl. And I think that's, to me, I think Ravens fans, everybody has, has seen a difference in that, you know. You, you pay the best quarterback in the league. You get Odell. You, you put all these pieces together. The talent is there. It's just putting it all together. So um, I, I've been very pleased with the front office, what they've done this offseason, you know, I think. And so that that's the biggest thing. That was the whole point of my message. Let's not waste this window. You know, all, we all know windows open and they close very quickly. So let's not waste this opportunity because we got a really good opportunity in front of us.
we talked for years on this show about how they've operated in terms which of teams were really going for it and which weren't. Who seemed to be in Super Bowl or bust mode and who didn't? And the Ravens have broken tendency where they never used voidable years. And Eric DaCosta, on record, really denounced them and said that they wouldn't use those tactics. They've used it several times this offseason. They went out, spent a boatload of money on Odell Beckham Jr., which breaks tendency. That's never happened in this franchise's history. It is go time. And... This organization has a really great reputation, and a ton was built into it, and absolutely that is warranted. But the reality is there is not a team in the NFL that has won fewer games in the postseason, as in two, since 2013. It's the Ravens and a couple other teams. That's the lowest number of postseason wins of the 32 teams since 2013 now is but the some time. haven't won any no i i just saw i i just saw this look. which two, was which just, two I playoff was, games did the lions win i was just looking at that list it had to be they were near the bottom yeah either oh, way two, it's yeah. not it's not the standard yes. here it's, it's not it's, and they're measured and in, yes in january and february yes. and um they haven't come particularly close to um meeting the ultimate goal in a long time, which is obviously to try to win a Super Bowl. And there are fewer excuses for this team now from a roster standpoint than there have been in a long time. And the resources spent in terms of of uh, cash and in, in terms of the willingness to go over the cap and, to your point about voidable years, um, ring up the credit card in a way that, that Steve hadn't been uh, willing to do in a while, or at least certainly they hadn't done. Yes, those are significant changes. And the expectation is that it pays off in them playing more football games this year than they have in a while. It's go time. I mean, they got to – you said it yesterday, there's no excuses for this offense. And defensively, there's still some question marks in regards to the uh, secondary, in regards to the edge rush. But you've invested a lot of money on that side of the football as well well mini camp is over thank god what are the key takeaways what are the key storylines heading into training camp that's next during tmi it's inside access we're broadcasting live from bc brewery in hunt valley on the fan inside Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Presented by 58 Foundations and Waterproofing. You can never have too much information on your home. Since 1958, they're your foundation and waterproofing experts. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. TMI on the road today. We're at BC Brewery in Hunt Valley. Come by, say hi, grab a d- very delicious beer. Just had a BC Blonde, Jason. Yeah. It's very, very tasty. 
and a cheesesteak. Very good as well. <laughs> what? what are you laughing about? Not that at all. BC Brewery, Hunt Valley, come by, and they also got cocktails available on tap, six packs and cases. It is a Friday. Oh, so that means. Oh, my gosh. I, I Actually, this is on me. Yeah, it is. Because normally by now, at least 10 no, times, I would no. ask you if you had your parlay you, together. You need to understand. It's a bad Friday for me. Yeah. I think you need to be worried on Fridays and not me. I have my stuff, Hant, and I have my simulator. And what's fun about this week, and we know that the gambling apps, they have some boost. Well, Bet Fred, they have a boost today and ran the numbers through the simulator. Angels minus one and a half against the Royals. Phillies. Minus one and a half versus the A's. Goes from plus 300 to plus 400. We know that the A's have been playing better. They lost the last couple to the Rays. Phillies have won three straight. Angels, your boy Shohei Otani is just. Six home runs the last seven days. He's in fuego. So I'm going with that boost on Betfred. Download the app today, guys. Yeah. Phenomenal app. Angels minus one and a half, Phillies minus one and a half. It was plus 300, now plus 400. Touched on this uh, last segment, talking about the Ravens offseason. That was topsy-turvy. It was crazy. Is Lamar going to be here? When is he going to be gone? Why is no team talking to him, to him eventually re-signing with the team? And it totally changes the trajectory of how we view this Ravens team this year. So now we're looking at some storylines heading into training camp. And I think first up, it's got to be J.K. Dobbins, right? Where he didn't show up to OTAs. He had those tweets a couple weeks ago, wanted to be a Raven for life, out of his hands. He ended up deleting one of the tweets, showed up to mandatory minicamp and was featured prominently in the team's social media when they were having their picture day. And he wasn't on the practice field. And Jeff Zerebeck, who we had on earlier, covers the Ravens for The Athletic, said that he heard through team sources it sounded like a soft tissue injury. Then J.K. one-on-one with Mark Viviano, who joined us yesterday, neither confirmed nor denied said injury. So read between the lines. I mean, it's a hold-in, and the business side is dicey. We just saw it all offseason with Lamar Jackson. So... Is this a big thing? I'm not saying it's a big thing because he's going with the new CBA, Jason. You know more than most. It's so hard to hold out. Got now no leverage because you don't accrue that season, and if you don't accrue that season, then the team still retains your rights the following year. So you're going to get a disgruntled J.K. Dobbins. That's for sure. Yeah, look, he's not happy. He's he's hasn't been happy at various points. Or, uh, during his tenure here and it's been star-crossed and it's been unfortunate and a lot of it's been out of his hands but it hasn't gone the way that I think anyone would have thought especially you know watching how well he fit everything that was going on here early in his rookie year even before they finally took the reins off and and moved um uh why am I blanking on his name Mark Ingram uh to the you know a little more to the back of the bus and let JK have have a little more of the action uh Bone, he'll play this year. I think he'll have a really good season. I think he'll fit this offense really well. I hope he can stay relatively healthy. Um, 
But I don't know that his future's in Baltimore. I, I just don't. Um, if it goes well here, again, they know his injury history better than most. They know the inside. If they, like they've had, they've been privy to everything. So do they want to re-up with a guy who hasn't been as available as they would like, who's had issues with his role at times, like who has voiced his displeasure? And I don't blame him for doing it, but that doesn't always sit super well around here. We've seen a lot of high draft picks move on to greener pastures, many of them via trade. Uh, but could he be one of the most influential players on this roster this season? I really think he could be. I still think he has a big year. And we had that great caller uh, yesterday, watched him at Ohio State, yes. kind of gave out some parallels between you know his years at Ohio State and what he's entering this season. I, Assuming health, I think he does have a big year. We've talked a lot already about the left guard position being wide open, and it, it sounds like it's going to be someone not Ben Cleveland at this point. I mean, big A, John Harbaugh just unsolicited, talking about him working in with the first team. The receiver position, we talk every single, it's a rite of passage for Ravens fans. Need receivers, need receivers. Eric DaCosta went out, got Odell Beckham Jr., drafted a first-round receiver for the third time in five drafts. They have all the weapons. Are the injury concerns there? Absolutely. But there is a lot of potential there, and this group needs to deliver in order for the offense to reach the heights that we expect them to reach and be as diverse and evolution where we were talking about. The receivers need to step up, and that goes hand-in-hand with Todd Munkin where every single week during OTAs we hear about the up-tempo, up-tempo, up-tempo. Lamar, he's going to be the offensive coordinator at the line of scrimmage, have the ability, have more autonomy for checks at the line of scrimmage and audibles, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that, and it's very clear that Lamar Jackson – has embraced that autonomy. And I'm I'm very interested in seeing him in this offense. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think we're going to see it at all in the preseason games, but it practices and those, what, the scrimmage with the commanders or the weeks of practice sort of of, of, of scrimmages that they're going to, you know, hold together. Um, yeah, I, I think in controlled situations, it, it'll, it'll look pretty cool. But the reality is we're, we're, the grand unveiling is going to come Week one. week one and lastly we touched on this with jeff eric DeCosta. i'm fine with it at this point he seems content letting his young pass rushers young corners prove they can or cannot handle this job and we all thought it was going to be later into the off season during training camp when a move is made and i still do anticipate a vet being brought in whether at the cornerback position or an edge rusher position. The Cubs have busted it wide open. Yes, game one of a three-game series. They took a three-to-nothing lead. O's scratched back to make it three-two, and now the Cubs have scored six unanswered runs. Mike Bauman, CNL Perez, Reed Garrett, all charged Lovely. two earned runs each. Not a great day for the bullpen. Not a great day for Cole Irvin and we're going to get more into that at 445 and also coming up next down on the farm Grayson Rodriguez he was lights out yesterday we expect him to get at least one more start next week but if he has a performance like his last two starts could he be brought up at that point also we'll have highlights from Kay Povich 
Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and also Judd Fabian. He joined the show. We'll hear some sound from him as well on Down on the Farm. It's Inside Access, and we're broadcasting live from the BC Brewery in Hunt Valley on 105.7 The Fan. Inside Access. Wineman. The Ginger Gorilla. Lock and Fora. JLC. It's built in. And Barbalakes. T-Bone and his nonsensical amusement park. Inside Access. 105.7 The Fan. We're live on the farm. Kind of late two back. 2-2 on Goodwin. Country ball, Pitch home. Wave and a miss. Goes to a breaking ball. Rodriguez dealing home. Gets a swing and a miss. There's the curveball down and in. The pitch down Main Street. And Mr. Polkett can grab some pine. 3-2. Got him swinging as Dahlbeck is cut down. Those calls courtesy of Norfolk Radio. Grayson Rodriguez. Yesterday was dominant. The start before that got a ton of swing and miss. But yesterday, Jason, that was the best start he's had all year, majors or mine. Yeah, I mean, he was he had a no-no through five. Um, he did end up giving up an opposite field home run on an 0-2 pitch. In the sixth inning that I'm sure he would want back, probably the only fastball that he didn't locate in that game. Um, 96 pitches bone, only one hard hit ball. That was the home run. Um, finished it with a strikeout of former Red Sox Bobby Dahlbach, who, who knows, might be back up there with them again soon. I was glad they let him battle out of trouble in the sixth after he gave up the home run and did issue a walk. There were two walks total uh, that he gave up in that game. Again, the 11 strikeouts. But I loved what I saw from the secondary pitches, the trust in the secondary pitches, even early in counts, not just fastball reliant. Um, Although the fastball was nasty. Uh, He threw 52 of them. They swung at 30 of them. They either swung and missed or called strike on 40% of his fastballs. Same thing with the change, 40% called strike or whiff rate. That is that is elite. Um, just everything about him, his demeanor, like he, he looked like that cocksure peacock who was coming out there to mow people down. Now, AAA and the majors, we know, are two very different things. But, yeah, I was very enthused by what I saw of him. It was an okay outing from Dylan Tate, backing him up as well um, for what that's worth. And, and look, Cole Irvin was a disaster today. We'll get into that a little later in the show. Um, I don't think Grayson's going to be up here next week because this next week is really weird. You know, off day, two against Tampa, off day, then you start a series against uh, Seattle at home. So I don't think they'll need him next week. I think they'll look for him to go to Nashville with the Tides and shove one more time. But after that, they start a stretch of 16 games in 17 days. And especially looking at Cole Irvin right now, I think it's Grayson Rodriguez time. Grayson Rodriguez shoved at AAA. Kate Povich did the same in double A. Next pitch. Swung on and missed for strike three. As the 1-2 pitch is checked on inside called strike three. The payoff. In there, strike three. 2-2. And it's swung on and missed for strike three. Here's the 1-2. And it's in there for strike three. 1-2 pitch is called strike three. The 2-2 is swung on and missed for strike three. Balls two strikes. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him. 1-2-2 outs. Base is empty. The pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him. Here's the 2-2. Swing and a miss. He got him. The one two pitch swing and a miss he got him he sends in the two two and it's swung on and missed for strike three lucky number 13 for Cade Povich extending his career high 
Those were not duplicate calls, Jason. No. Nope. That was 13. He was perfect through six was Cade Povich. Again, one of the four pitchers that the Orioles got from the Twins for Lopey. Um, Cano included in that deal. Yeah, Bone, this was masterful. Um, perfect through six. He ended up going seven. They did get a bloop single against him in the seventh. Seven innings, zero walks, 13 Ks, 93 pitches, Bone, 64 strikes, 19 swing and miss. You know I love this kid. He's one of the few that I think is, I can't call anybody untouchable, especially if Shohei Otani's involved. But he's someone I really don't want them to trade. He's one of the four or five guys I least want them to trade. He is a left-handed pitcher who projects like a middle-of-the-rotation major leaguer with a nasty four or five pitch mix, all of which he can get swing and miss with when he's right. The problem this year has been walks, Bone. Um, two walks or more and five straight starts leading into this one. Nine of his last 11. He's made 11 starts prior to this um, one last night. Only twice had he not walked anybody. But he's a power pitcher who I think has elite stuff. 82 strikeouts on the season. That's 13 more than anybody else in the Eastern League. If he can keep this control going now, he's someone who I think we'll see in Norfolk maybe in the next four to six weeks. Let's get to some position players. Heston Kerstad, his first home run was of the inside the park variety with Norfolk. Well, he went yard last night. Kerstad, a high fly ball. Heading deep left center field, and Heston Kerstad has taken one out. Yeah, Bone, two for four night with a home run. Ho-hum, three for five the night before that. Uh, Heston has hit safely in six of his eight games in AAA. 313 average, 965 OPS. For the season, Bone, double A and triple A, 310 average, 961 OPS, 13 home runs, 24 driven in in 54 games. He's batted, and Bowie was batting in the in the, in the the two-hole almost all the time, so you don't get as many RBI opportunities there as you might like. Baseball America had another write-up on him again today. Uh, they continue to project him as someone who could be in the major leagues this year. His uh, fellow draft mate, Kobe Mayo, in double A, he had an extra base hit. And the next pitch is lined into left field. It's down. One hops off the wall, and Mayo will cruise into second base. Scoring on the play easily is Seuss Nara. He's reached safely in 29 straight games now, Bone. Um, Kobe Mayo's been in double A for about a year. He needs to get to triple A. They just have nowhere to play him there because of this log jam. How about this for his last 30 games at Kobe Mayo? 317 batting average, 421 on base, 594 slugging, an OPS over 1,000. He was two for three with that double last night. Um, I don't know what more to say about him. He's a 20-year-old kid. He's young for that that, that uh, level. He continues to dominate. Um, it's good to see. Again, you just wonder at a certain point when you've been there for a year and you're that good, what are we doing here? Something's got to give. And lastly, Judd Fabian of the Ironbirds, he joined us earlier in the show. And you've been talking this guy up for a few weeks yep. now, Jason. And we know we have seen guys struggle with Aberdeen Stadium. Heston Kerstad did, Gunnar Henderson did, among others. Judd Fabian, he loves hitting in Aberdeen. Just being able to play every day, um, you know, Obviously, the field kind of um, is a, a graveyard to the to the gaps. Um, yes. So basically, just not really swinging for home runs, um, trying to stay line drive heavy and, and kind of take my base hits while we're at home um, and when we're on the road. 
uh, more home run friendly ballparks, um, kind of take advantage of those. Um, so basically just kind of working on hitting line drives um, while we're at home, um, taking my base hits, um, taking my walks, um, helping the team any way I can um, while we're at home. Splits are pretty stark, right? 1,115 OPS at Lido's Field, 705 OPS on the road. Regardless, this is a young man who is ready for Bowie, the 67th pick last year, second round out of Florida. In his last 21 games, Bone, 25 hits, 14 extra base hits, four home runs, 22 driven in. Again, that's 22 driven in in 21 games. He's usually a leadoff hitter or batting second. Last 21 games, he has an OPS of 1,143. They need to find a way to get him to Bowie. They need to find a way to get Kobe Mayo and Cesar Prieto to Norfolk. They need to find a way to get Colton Kowser and Jordan Westberg to Baltimore, please. Well, in Chicago, the Orioles are getting blown out. 10-2 Cubs. Not a good day for Cole Irvin or anyone in the bullpen for that matter, but Trey Mancini, we loved him in Baltimore. It was tough seeing him get traded, even though it absolutely was the right decision for Mike Elias last year. Went to the Astros, didn't exactly work out. He signed with the Cubs later on in the offseason. He was 2-for-17, Jason, against the Orioles last year. He's matched the hit total already. He is 2-for-2 with two walks today. We're going to talk about Trey Mancini's performance in this big lead that the Cubs have next on Inside Access. Inside Access. Jason is an Odyssey NFL insider. Jason Lockin' for. Jason Lockin' for one of the best in the business. Ken and Tim prefer Adam Schefter. What are we doing here? Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. One run is in. Mancini coming around and in half. He is hot right now. An RBI machine. And it's 5-2 and they needed that. It is now 10-2 Cubs leading the O's in the first of a three-game series. Wrigley Field top eight. We're broadcasting live from BC Brewery in Hunt Valley. Come on out. We are here till 6. Awesome spot. They got some self-taps. They also got some cocktails available on tap. And if you're looking for things to do this summer, Jason. Who is it, Bone? July 7th, Hunter Girl from American Idol Concert. Tickets available at bcbrewerymd.com. And August 11th, I'm a big dueling piano guy. So I think I'm going to have to purchase my tickets. I, this is a new thing that I discovered back in May. Maybe you get the Burge August 11th. Dueling... home the night before? Ah, I, got I haven't looked that up. August 11th, Dueling Pianos. Tickets available at bcbrewerymd.com. So make sure to swing by BC Brewery in Hunt Valley. Come by, say hi. Trey Mancini, he's done more than wave back to the Orioles. Yeah. He struggled against them last year. I felt like he was really pressing when he played them against the Astros, just wanting to rip the cover off the baseball. Today, as a Cub, two for two, both of them were doubles, yep. two walks, yep. and two runs scored yep. by Trey Mancini. So a heck of a day for Trey. Yeah, he's really struggled despite all of that bone. His current OPS six that sits at 680. He has struggled. The Cubs came into this game the last 30 days 
uh, arguably the worst hitting team in baseball, but they had no no issues with Cole Irvin. Uh, Mancini had good splits against Irvin, but he also uh, lit up the bullpen, as is pretty much everyone else. Look, we're all happy when Trey does well. I mean, maybe not so much today, but even without Trey Mancini, uh, this would be a, uh, the Cubs would have this one seemingly in hand. Um, yeah, he hasn't been the, the same hitter the, the last couple years. It, it kind of makes it even more remarkable what he did that year coming back from cancer because he hasn't really even been that guy. And remember that year he had the horrible luck and you know, all these balls getting robbed. And um, despite his body still being on the way back, I mean, just think of that home run derby and how magical that was. Uh, there was definitely something special about him. Uh, the person he was, what he meant to this franchise, the right guy at the right time to give people something to really root for every night when the team was so horrible and even the way, um, you know, he left in the last game and the, the ball off Josh Lowe's face for the inside the ballpark home run. I mean, that stuff is, is pretty remarkable. A lot of it transcends sports. Um, and it's it's good to see him him do well. And maybe this will be a catalyst for him because he has really been struggling the last month or so. There aren't many players really in sports that are just so easy to root for like Trey Mancini. And he's someone, as you said, Jason, got his feet wet in 2016. That was the last time, of course, the Orioles made the playoffs. Then he was there for a lot of garbage baseball, a lot of garbage baseball. He never popped off. He embraced the rebuild. He didn't request a trade. He, He was a linchpin in this city. I mean, with Mo Gabba and the Josh Lowe yes. play, that was a year after Mo passed. I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. And something, I'm not sure if you saw this, Jason. I, it just popped in my head. Three years ago today, and it makes this even crazier, three years ago today, Mo had a graduation party from eighth grade. Trey Mancini was yeah. there. Three years ago today. So it's just another... I mean, with the day that he's having, yeah. uh, transcending sports. No, I, I, absolutely. Um, and and he met with the media today, and I saw some of the stuff. Um, Andy Koska and some of the, the beat writers who were there were talking to him. And, and, look, he's still rooting for the Orioles. He says he's not surprised by this turnaround whatsoever. He knew that they were on the come. And he said that he knew that Brandon Hyde was the right guy for this job the, the day he met them, knowing sort of the, the massive task he was going to undertake, trying to guide them through a complete rebuild. Um, but, it, you know, trade didn't fit here anymore. No. no. That trade, I think, is going to turn out to give some real reward to the Orioles. It's going to take some time. Chase McDermott, the arm they got from the Astros, who's tearing up double-A, um, probably be in triple-A soon. I think he's in the mix next year. Uh, maybe even outside chance bullpen arm this year. I, I think Seth Johnson, it was that three-way trade with the Rays, right? They got him from the Rays. He's an elite starting pitching prospect. He's on the way back from Tommy John. Um, and, yeah, look, the, the Cubs had a nice start to the season. They're really kind of floundering now. But in that division bone, who knows? I mean, the Pirates, the Reds are the teams to beat in the NL Central right now. So maybe Trey will play at least some quasi-meaningful uh, baseball in the second half of the season. Yeah, both Central divisions are just messes in Major League Baseball. We're going to get back into the O's at 515. The pitching has been abysmal today. We think there could be a lot of roster movement within the next 24 to 48 hours in that group. But coming up next, we're getting back into the Ravens. Rakia Sin 
Ravens went out, signed him. He's expected to be a starting corner for them. But outside of Marlon Humphrey and him, not a lot there. Could there be a vet to be brought in? What's our confidence level in year two corners and Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams? We're going to get into it next. It's Inside Access, and we're broadcasting live from BC Brewery in Hunt Valley. I'm a fan. Inside Access. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 